And, uh, but I do want to spend just a couple of minutes on the Christmas story and look at, see the, a couple of things out of the scriptures. But I always like to have something from Proverbs. So um, today, today we're going to um, look at, normally we would be on tw- Proverbs 24 because today is the 24th, but I figure it's already Christmas in the Holy Land. So I pulled, plucked out of Proverbs 25, and this is just for your thoughts, right? The right word at the right time is like apples of gold in settings of silver. That's a, that's a pretty good one. There's something really special about the birth of a baby. It's such a big deal. You know, if you're a, if you're a parent and um, the day, when the day came, you know, it was anxious and exciting. And my sister, when she was pregnant, I think with her second child, um, it, she was going to do a home birth kind of a deal. And uh, she and my brother-in-law, Dale, were... Uh, planning to be home through this childbirth, and the story, as the story goes, they needed some extra groceries. And um, hours before, they were going down the hall, down the aisles at the grocery store, pushing the cart, and then stopping every so often for a contraction. And then, I mean, the things people do in the preparation for childbirth is amazing. But when the when the child comes, when those when that miraculous event occurs, there's really nothing else like it. There is nothing else like it. You know, I had it all sorted out in my mind intellectually. I knew what to expect. But when the doctors, in our case, it was a C-section, the first one, it wasn't planned. When the doctors pulled this little baby out and said, here, hold this, <laughs> you know, um, it's beyond description. The, the entrance of a life into the world and then entrusted to you, it's staggering. It's staggering for parents. It's staggering for the friends, for grandparents. It's miraculous in every way. There's a scripture that I love. It's in, it's in Psalm 139. It goes like this. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days for me, when as yet there were none of them. In other words, the Lord already knew every single one of Terry's days before the first one had started. The Lord was thinking about those days while he was still fabricating me in my mother's womb. An amazing thing. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. You know, um, what are the chances that Emma would let me hold her for a minute? Would she? This was completely unplanned. But, you know, I think, can I come over here and borrow her for just a second? Hey, sweetie. Oh, you are the cutest thing. Huh? See you later. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to talk to her for a second, okay? And you can eavesdrop. Okay? You eavesdrop. And, and you kids, kids that are here, all you kids listen to what I have to say. Because this is for you too. And then if you listen real carefully, I got a treat for you in just a minute, okay? Hey, Emma. Hi, sweetie. I'm going to say some things to you and you might not understand them, but your spirit will know them. The Lord knew you while you were in your mother's tummy. You're special to him. He planned all of your days before you had your single first one. He thinks about you all the time. You are so special, precious little one. Okay, all right. <laughs> All your days, planned and special. What a miracle. Thanks for letting me borrow her. <laughs> okay, I've given her back. You got her back. <laughs> wow. 
Do you realize the things I just said to her? The Lord speaks those to you too. There's not a single person here, not a single one of you, that the Lord doesn't think exactly the same. He's thought about you. When he was fabricating, the word, the word that scripture actually talks about, it's, uh, our closest word is knitting. Knitting one and purling two, right? How do I know that? I don't know, and I'm not going to try and figure that out. But while the Lord was knitting together the fabric of who you would be with the qualities of your character, your weaknesses that he would use, your strengths that he would fortify, the Lord was putting those things together, thinking about your days, all of them, before your very first day. And then the scripture says that the Lord was thinking about you. So many precious things. The number is so huge you can't count it. Wow. The birth of a baby. You know what? I want church to be something um, special. I don't want it to always be this. You know, people who don't go to church think that what goes on in here is this stuffy thing where you come in and you get thumped by a Bible because you don't, whatever. I don't know, that's not what church is here. This is a place of love, although we, 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 we take time to, um, to read the Word of God. But I want it to be really special tonight. So I've, I've come prepared, and I've asked the ushers to have something for you all. So um, ushers, would you pass this out, please? We have for everybody here. Where are, where, where are my... Um, where's, <laughs> okay. We have for all of you, a, and we're going to pass these out right now. This, inside this little bag is a cookie and a candy cane and a napkin. And this is not for later. This is for right now. So you need to feel free to go ahead and ruin your dinner and open it up. These are clean. You don't have to worry about it. So we're going to have cookies and candy canes during church. Is that all right? Now, I want to say this to you. Okay, once you start on a candy cane... If you don't finish it, please put it back in your bag. It doesn't go on the floor. It doesn't go on the woman's coat in front of you. It doesn't go anywhere but in your tummy or in your bag, okay? The cookies. Hope you get one that you like. Please relax and enjoy your cookie and your candy cane right now. You don't have to wait until you get out of the church. Um, it's Christmas Eve. And boy, there's gonna be, it's, the food started already and it's going to keep right on going. So just relax. Now, while that's being passed out, I want to read the Christmas story a little bit out of the scripture. So if you're, if you're working on your cookie or your candy cane, that's fine, but just follow along. If you're not, I'm going to put the scriptures up in case you didn't bring your Bible. Luke 2, verses 8 through 14, there were some shepherds in that part of the country who were spending the night in the fields taking care of their flocks. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone over them. Wow. It's not a fable. This actually happened. You're out camping, it's dark, and angels show up. Okay. They were terribly afraid, the word says. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, I'm here with good news for you, which will bring great joy to all the people. This very day in David's town, your Savior was born, Christ the Lord. And this is what will prove it to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly... A great army of heaven's angels appeared with the angel singing praises to God. So first they see a couple of angels show up. Now they see an army of angels. Okay, wow, what a night out there camping. And they were singing praises to God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and, on, and peace on earth to those with whom he's pleased. Now I hate to tell you this, but you've probably at some point seen a bumper sticker or a Christmas card that says, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. 
And that is a correct translation, although it's a generalization. This translation is closer to being accurate. It says, peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. That's amazing. Another version, um, the NIV says this, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. It's amazing. I always just thought it was this generic blessing across the entire face of humanity, but it's not. This blessing, this, this prophecy and blessing is specific and directed. God's supernatural peace, it's better and beyond. And you know, it's amazing to me that the very concept of peace being given to everyone is something that God would direct rather than just simply, by a shotgun effect, affect everyone. It's directed and it's specific. And when he gives it, when he gives peace, it is supernatural. It's better and it's beyond. It's better than the very best that the world can give you. And it goes beyond what you can understand with your mind. Better and beyond. Amazing, his peace. He doesn't put that peace, though, on everybody. Why not? Why doesn't he give it to everybody? I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to explore that too much tonight. I'm going to tease you a little bit and tell you I'm going to go way into that on Sunday. Okay? So come back at Sunday at 10 o'clock, and I'm going to go into that quite a lot more. We're going to talk about peace on Sunday. We're going to talk about how to have better peace than the world can give you and beyond what you can understand with your mind. Joseph, Joseph, the father of Jesus, I don't know how much peace was going on with him because here's the, here's the deal. He gets informed that his betrothed woman is pregnant. God got her pregnant. That's exciting. I agree, honey. But, but let me tell you, if you're a guy and your woman that you're engaged to says to you, hey, I'm pregnant and God got me pregnant, peace is not the first thing that's going to come upon you <laughs> under normal circumstances. Don't you agree? I mean, Joseph needed some peace here and he needed peace that went beyond his understanding. Matthew, 10, Matthew 1 says this, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. You know, I've read that story before, and I thought, wow, it's really cool, but it seems contradictory. The angel tells him to name him Jesus, tells Joseph to name him Jesus, but it also seems like he's telling him to name him Emmanuel. What's the deal? Is it two different things? Is it what's going on here? And there's a prophecy involved, and... It's interesting. Okay, so two names. If you're, if you're one of the regulars here, you know me. I like to camp out on names to figure out what's going on. So name Jesus. Jesus is how you would say it if you were Hebrew. And it, it basically comes from two Hebrew words. And one of them means God. And the other word means safe, deliverer, savior, preserver. Okay, so it's God the Savior is the name Jesus. And Emmanuel literally means God with us. Two different names. Interesting what that passage told us. It said that you are to give him the name Jesus because he will be your savior. You will call him Jesus because he's your savior. Give him the name. They will call him Emmanuel, God with us. You will call him Jesus, savior. 
they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Something funny going on there, something interesting going on. You're going to call him Jesus because at a personal level, you're going to experience salvation. They will know him as Emmanuel, God is present. There's an interesting distinction going on there between the personal relationship with Jesus and the corporate. God is present. God is with us is different than God the Savior. He is my Savior. There is a difference. We don't become saved only because God is with us. Those are two completely different relationships. And there is so much confusion in our world about Jesus. Simply thinking that because he's with you, you have the same relationship as if he saved you. And they are not the same thing. The scripture tells us that. I'm about finished here. Just about finished here. And we're going to uh, play with fire, literally. It's one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) And since we're going to talk about fire... um, I'm going to give you some instructions about candles in a minute or two. But I want to, before we get there, ask you a very direct question. This is rhetorical. Don't anybody answer this. Don't anybody raise your hand. And the direct question, (laughs) there's always a little girl, cuter than can be, sticks her hand up in the air. Um, Do you know Jesus or do you know Emmanuel? The question is really vital. The question is linked to eternity. John 17, Jesus is talking about this very topic to God the Father, and he's praying about his disciples. And here's what he says about this. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. He's talking about his conversations with the people that ended up following him. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am, I am not praying for the world but for those you've given me, for they are yours. Here's an example of Jesus saying to God the Father, these people have decided to believe me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for the ones who decided to believe. It's amazing to see that the scripture says that Jesus is so specific and directed. I, I want to say the church, why the church is here. The church is here for two basic reasons. It's here to help people who don't have the Jesus relationship, who don't have the Savior relationship, figure that out. And the second reason it's here is for those who have figured it out, it helps them along their way through life. Because I'll tell you what, making that decision and opening your heart to the Lord gets you started, but it doesn't get you through all of the life's bumps and strains. I see Christians all over this room shaking their head going, that's true. Now, I'm going to pray and I'm going to give opportunity, just a pause, for people to make a decision to, to follow Christ, the, the child. I'm not going to ask for any display. I'm not, I, I do not want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to say, hey, that's me. I'm not asking for that here. I'm asking for you to respond to what the Holy Spirit may be doing in your hearts. If you decide that you want to have the Savior relationship with Jesus, that's what the Bible teaches makes the difference for eternity. That's what the Bible teaches will cause you to spend eternity in heaven is relationship with Jesus, a saving relationship with Jesus. And here's how the Bible says that happens. It says you believe with your heart that he came for you and then you tell somebody. You don't have to do it here. 
Now, I believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that there are people that are hearing this right now and the Holy Spirit is going, is, is speaking to you and your heart is probably going kathumpity, kathumpity. And this is a Jesus moment. And I encourage you to do this. Make the decision to open your heart to Jesus tonight and then tell somebody. Scripture, here's why you tell somebody. First off, that's what Scripture says you need to do. But secondly, it says that the things that come out of our mouth have come from our heart. Did you know that? Scripture says if it's come out of your mouth, it came from your heart. So when you tell someone, hey, remember that guy who was talking about Jesus up there? <laughs> and he said I was supposed to tell somebody, I don't really know too much about this, but I, I, was, I, I let the Lord speak to me, and I, I'm telling you, because he said to tell somebody. That's it. That's it. You don't have to come to church every week. You don't have to write checks and give them to God. You don't have to help little old ladies across the street or little old men. None of that stuff gets you to heaven. It's the relationship with Jesus, the Savior, that makes the difference. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to um, get out our candles. Okay, would you just agree with me? Lord, we invite you now to circulate among us on this Christmas Eve. Lord, knowing the very reason you came to the earth was for this moment right now. So God, I pray that there would be a releasing of life and hope in this room, that the people that have heard these words and need to respond to you will do that because the Holy Spirit would draw them. Lord, we thank you that the birth, that your birth was a miraculous and our salvation is equally as miraculous. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen?